All right, let's dive into the book. The book, the greatest of books. Amen. The precious word of God. Boy, God speaks, amen. amen. Have y'all been noticing that in the first two chapters of Matthew? Didn't we find that on a couple occasions that the scripture says, by the Lord through the prophet, God spoke by the Lord through the prophet, just like you're saved by grace through faith. It's, it's the work of God, isn't it? It's, it's him. It's him. Anybody have anything you want to testify to that stood out to you in the last little bit? You know, we just closed out with Luke. Luke was a tremendous word for us. The closing of Luke is always such a rich blessing. You got to keep in mind, we're about to jump into Acts next week. What? Next, next, uh, next Saturday on the 1st. So we'll be in Matthew up until then, and we just wanted to revisit Matthew because Matthew tells another aspect of the birth of Christ. You know, Matthew deals with the Magi where Luke didn't deal with the wise men. Uh, Luke deals with the shepherds. Matthew doesn't deal with the shepherds. So you get a full picture of it when we look at both sides of Matthew's gospel and Luke's gospel. So also, Matthew's gospel is going to give us the lineage from David to Solomon to Joseph, the legal father of Jesus. Not the biological father, but the legal father in that kingly line, that kingly role through Solomon. Luke's gospel, on the other hand, gave us the lineage of Jesus all the way back to Adam, where Matthew only starts with Abraham, keeping us within the role of the Hebrew nation as a whole that God started with a people. Because remember, Matthew's gospel is presenting Jesus as the king of the Jews to the Jews, where Luke is a Gentile writing to the world to show that all of us Trace back to Adam. And through Adam, through David, through Nathan, not Solomon, but Nathan, another son of David, is going to take us to Mary. And Mary being the mother of Jesus. So we see both of those lineages, but they're two different records. They're two different accounts of, of uh, the line that Jesus comes from, but they all come to David. And from David, they go to Abraham. And from Abraham, that traces back to Adam, which is saying that Jesus covers all of us. Because we all in Adam have fallen. And we all needed a Redeemer. We needed a Savior. And God came, as Matthew pointed out, to save His people. That's not just the Jew. His people would include all His sheep. He came to save His sheep. He came to save His people. And those that are not his people, which would we could simply say he came to save all believers. He came to save all believers. All believers are sheep, and sheep are his people. Romans the teachers, Paul gave us some clarity. He said, look, everybody that was born an Israelite is not of Israel. Only those that are of the seed of promise, who are of faith, who are believers, actually belong to God. And Matthew is drawing that out for us, that God came to shave his sheep. 
his sheep were lost. So Jesus came to seek to save that which was lost, and that was the lost sheep of Israel, and we as well fall under that category of those that were lost that he came to save. We are his people. He is our brother as well as our redeemer. He is our king as well as our shepherd. He is all those things. So reading both of these gospels are really, uh, I mean all four of them as well as the entire revelation of God's word are all tremendous tools for us to act on this light that God reveals. But does anybody have anything, anything you've seen, anything you want to point out that, that just been a fresh revelation to you to help you right now to be a help to other people? I just noticed that, that they didn't name Bathsheba. They referred to her as the wife, of the wife of Uriah. That is something to pick up on because there are several different people in the lineage of Jesus that come out of some corruption that come either from a Gentile world or some issue with David killing Uriah, having Uriah murdered. That was on his back. That was upon him. Having relationships with his wife, she loses a son, but then she has a son, and that son being Solomon, which is in the direct line of, of the Messiah. So it is interesting to pay attention to that. Who's some other people that come from outside of the realm of the promise of the covenant? Who, who were some other people that was involved? Ruth is one of them. What, what was Ruth? But Ruth was a Moabite. And these Moabites were always these people who God used to deal with his people when his people got in trouble, when they wasn't walking with him. God called Mo, the Moabites his wash pot. So Ruth come out of that. Remember Naomi and her husband left and went down into Moab because there was a famine. And while they were there, their sons married two women from that area. And one was Ruth and Ruth was a Moabite. And she came back with Naomi. And then Naomi um, sends her out into the fields of Boaz. And then Boaz takes notice of her, brings her in becomes her kinsman, redeemer, and takes her in. And then Boaz and Ruth are going to have some children. And that's going to lead us to Jesse. And Jesse's going to have a boy. And what is his name? The old giant slayer. The king of Israel. For whom Jesus is in direct line to sit upon his throne. Okay, so we mentioned Ruth. Who else is in this line that come out of some ugly stuff? Tamar. Y'all remember who Tamar is? Somebody tell me who Tamar is. She married another. And she went through several cycles. And he promised her a future son, but he never gave her to her. So she disguised herself. And old Judah went out and found him a girl on side the road. And she swayed him in and she was disguised. She was Tamar, right? And Tamar gave him two sons. That's right. Two sons. And one of those sons, his name is Perez. And Perez, which means breakthrough, which is a picture of God, the breakthrough of uh, the, a child breaking, the water breaking through or a dam breaking through or whatever. David referred to God at one point as the master of breakthrough, that he broke through the enemy. 
like a mighty rushing water. And a lot of times we got to call on God to do what? To break through for us as well. We need that master breakthrough. So yes, Tamar had Zira and Perez. Zira is referred to as the uh, son of Achan in the book of Joshua. Achan, and Achan is the one who took something that he wasn't supposed to take and all his family died. A curse fell upon all of them, just like in Adam, remember? Adam, all the curse fell upon all of us. So all died. But through the breakthrough of Perez, Jesus comes to the scene and he became our master of breakthrough. He broke through the curse, broke through death. And I want to tell you, death bows to Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's the only thing death bows to. It bows to Jesus. And so you ain't got to fear death because your king's already conquered death. Amen. He's already conquered that. So uh, that is another one that we see. So we see a situation with what? Tamar. See a situation with Rahab. Who was Rahab? Y'all remember Rahab? She was in the city of Jericho. She was in Jericho. What was, she, what was her occupation? She was a, a lady of the night. She was a harlot. How she made her living. And she said that she would protect those spies that went in there to spy out Jericho. And while she was there, while they were there, she covered them up and protected them. And they said that when we come back, we'll take care of you. And sure enough, as long as those walls of Jericho were up, when God revealed who, what he was doing and going to do, she had a heart change of where she was at in life. She took care of those people and spies. And when those walls of Jericho came down, guess what she became? A great-grandmother of David and a great-great-grandmother of Jesus. Amen? Amen? Ain't it something? God can take a messy situation and take our mess and turn it into a what? A message. A message. We don't have to let our mess up what? Mess us up. Amen? We all come out of... How many of y'all come out of a mess? If you ain't come out of a mess, you're still in that mess. Amen? Listen to me. If you ain't come out of it, you're still in it. Because you were in it when Jesus got you out of it. Now, we can find ourselves still in a mess and do some mess ups, but we don't have to let our mess ups mess us up. But that's the message that we keep seeing, both in Luke's gospel and in Matthew's gospel. He takes these messes, and when he gets involved in it, he turns them into a message. Turns them into a message. And thank God for that. Because I, I, I've had a lot. I, I come from a world of mess ups. I come from a world of mess. I come from a world of rejection and rebellion and living life as Esau would live it. Doing things for, my, for myself. Doing my, my, my heritage, my family. We all did. That's just who we were. That was just where we come from. It was always take care of ourselves. You'll fight for your rights, but had no desire to fight to be right with God. And God delivered us uh, out of that. So we, we can't help but give Him praise and glory. Amen? Amen? Now, Matthew chapter 1, when you look at 1 through 17, that's a very similar picture of the same kind of flow that we find in the book of Genesis. In Genesis, what do we have in chapter 1? We have the account of God creating, giving us a record. This is a record that we see here. When it says the book of the genealogy, we can just say a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. 
And just like in Genesis, we see God creating. He separated the light and darkness. He separated the waters and the land. He put lights in the sky. He did all that he did in creation. Then when you get into chapter 2 of the book of Genesis, what does he do? He revisits, he revisits the day that he created man. Because that's where he's centering down to give us the story of our beginnings. Just like in verse 18, he's going back to what he just said in the previous verses of this record and saying, now let's get to the business of what we're talking about. Now the birth of Jesus Christ. That'd be like Genesis 2 of just telling us about this birth. So we got a record here of, of his birth and his lineage that takes us back to the King David that takes us back to a people who God set apart for himself through Abraham. And we see some, some, also some things that Isaiah talks about. Remember Isaiah 9 where it says a child shall be born and what? A son shall be given. Notice in verse number 18 toward the very end it says she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, he being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. He just didn't have the light yet. This is important. This is fundamental. Joseph was in the dark on this. So in the dark, though he being a just man, because he's still operating in the light he had, he just wasn't in the light of what God was doing with Mary and him and this babe God's son, he was minded to put her away secretly, verse 20. But while he thought about it, while he was pondering it, these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, which is what? Taking us back to that record that he is in the line of David. He's a son of David. Do not be afraid. And that's another thing saying, hey, this angel knew who he was. Not only did he know who he was, but he knew his heritage. He wanted him to know that he knew who he was. Because not everybody and anybody would be able to just see Joseph walking down the street and know he was of the tribe of Judah from the line of David. You would have to know him personally. You'd have to know him intimately. You would have to be around him and hear him talk and say, yeah, I'm of Judah, because they all would look alike. I mean, those of Benjamin and those of Ephraim and those of Issachar and those in Judah, they all looked alike. Yeah, they all had different dialects maybe in how they spoke, but you wouldn't be able to tell his lineage by just looking at him. So when the angel comes and says, hey, Joseph, you are the son of David, he's saying he knows who I am. Yeah. He knows where I've come from. He knows my line. He knows it's just reaffirmation of this personal intimacy of being made known. He says, do not be afraid to take to you, Mary, your wife. That which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, which should have just blew his mind because that had never happened before and it will never happen again. So we're talking about something extremely unusual. He, and this is what the angel is still saying, and she, Mary, will bring forth a son. So we got a child, we got a son. We know whose son he is. Whose son is he? He's God's son, and you shall call his name 
Jesus. Isn't that a beautiful name? Y'all say that name with me. Jesus. Don't ever be ashamed of that wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Proclaim it. Proclaim it. We live in a society that will let us talk about God all day long. But they really back up when we keep using that name Jesus. Use the name Jesus. And his name shall be Jesus for he, Jesus, will save who? Who? Hey, look, he's talking about me here. Because he saved me, amen. And if he come to save his people, I'm part of his people. I'm part of his tribe. I'm one of his brothers. He came to save his people from their, their sins. See, if you ain't been in no mess up, and you ain't been delivered out of a mess up, you ain't never met the Savior, amen? Because he takes us all from a messed up past, his people from their sins, verse 22, and he's telling him, so all this, what happened to what? Mary, what's going on with Mary, what's in her womb right now, me talking to you, Joseph, the fact that you are betrothed to her, This was all done. Every single bit of it was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, and this is what he's going to affirm to him. Behold, not just a virgin, but what? The virgin. Not just anybody, but Lucas, your wife. Not your wife, Lucas. But Joseph's wife, are you with me? The virgin. So out of all the millions and billions of people that have lived upon the earth, God had set apart one virgin to plant the seed of the Messiah in. And now he's coming to reveal to Joseph that all that was said was said, though that it would be fulfilled. And this has all been in relationship to your future wife, the one you are betrothed to. So what was spoken by God in the past through the prophet was spoken in relationship to you, Joseph, and to you, Mary, and to you, baby Jesus. And guess what? When he says his people, he's talking about me and you. Amen. Amen. This is getting personal here. He's getting personal. The virgin shall be with child and bear a son And they, that would be those that are his people, shall call his name what? Emmanuel. Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? Which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel commanded him, and he took to him his wife and did not know her, have relationships with her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name what? Jesus. Man, what a message. He called his name Jesus. You see, but Joseph was in the dark on this until God revealed light to him. And when God revealed light, Joseph received that light. And when he received that light, he responded to it in faith. And you know, that's what we see happening. Every time we see these things and 
these messages spoken that you're reading about right now. Think about what happened when Herod received light from the wise men. What was Herod's reaction to that light? He didn't know anything about it, right? He was in the dark on it. And when he heard about it, he then did what? He called for people who were supposed to be specialized in this area and said, I need you to come and tell us, tell me and tell these people who are seeking the light that they've been given, who's coming to find this because these wise men had light. Now all they had light on is that a king was going to be born and they seen his star and they made a journey to come to him. But they reacted and responded to and received just the little light they had. See, but when they acted on the light they had, God kept depositing more light in them. Amen. And the more light he re- deposited in them, the clearer it became. And that light led them right to, to Jesus. But Herod, when he heard or that light came to him... It didn't lead him to Jesus to worship Jesus. He sent people to go and try to destroy Jesus. He couldn't answer for this. And we've got to be careful because sometimes, have you ever been in a situation where somebody was seeking Jesus? Let's just say the wise men came to you seeking this. They had a little light and that light was drawn into Jesus. And they come to you, Brother Shannon, or you, Miss Pat, And they say, we want to know about Jesus. Can you tell us about him and his life and his birth? And Herod was in the dark. He had to go what? Get other people. And I've been in those same situations before. People seeking light and they come to somebody and they don't have an answer. So they pick up the phone or they send a word and say, Brother Nick, can you come tell us about this Jesus? We don't want to be like a Herod. Amen? Amen. When people are seeking the light that God has revealed to them, we want to be in a position that we can point them in the right direction. Amen. As Psalms 119, 119 says, Lord, when those that fear you and come into you, when they bring up something, I don't want to be ashamed when they bring it up and I'm being in the dark and don't know how to give a solution or give an answer or give a praise or anything. Herod acted like he wanted what they were seeking, but it was in disguise, wasn't it? He was wanting to do something about it. Why? Because Herod's rule and reign was being threatened. And he didn't want anybody to rule or reign in his place. And you know, that's kind of how our flesh always operates. It don't want to be conquered. But I want to tell you, Jesus came to conquer. Amen? Amen. So I want you to think about that. You don't want, matter of fact, turn to 119. Let's look in Psalm 119 real quick. Psalm 119, hold your spot there. This would be a great, great word to to remember. Light that's revealed is revealed to be received. To be received in faith. Herod did not receive this light from the wise men in faith. Now, what I want you to also think about is the Bible said not only did it trouble Herod, but it troubled all Jerusalem. 
Why? Jerusalem knew that if there was a coming king, if a king was to be born, that means things are going to change. And if things are going to change, I kind of like the way things are going right now. I don't want them to change. So they were troubled by it. They were shaken by it. And I want to tell you, when Jesus does show up, he does change things. Amen. And he does make change. Psalm 119, looking about verse number 70, 74. Another thing to think about is this. Is remember when Jesus came in the temple, his mom and dad brought him. And Simeon spoke to him and said that this, this child was going to be light to the Gentiles. And that he was going to be the rise and fall of many in Israel. Their hearts would be revealed. And remember there was another lady there. Who was else there? Some An older lady. Her name was Anna. What did it say that Anna did? Anna began telling everybody in Jerusalem about this child. About this saving work. But when the magi or the wise men or these kings, whoever they are from these, when they show up, Kate, the news about Jesus, because nobody was operating within the light they had, nobody was looking for him. The priests, matter of fact, think about them. When he called the priests and the scribes to tell him where they were at, they said, well, the Older Testament does say that a ruler will come out of, uh, out of Bethlehem and he shall rule his people. These priests were not willing to go five miles down the road to go seek out where this child was at. Think about that for a moment. So they snubbed at that revelation. They didn't go look for him. They didn't go seek him. The only people we see seeking in this situation was the wise men. When Herod sought him, it was to destroy it. When the priest said where he was supposed to be, they didn't go looking for him. They just snubbed and snorted at it. And the other people in Jerusalem didn't want any changes going on. So they sneered at it as well and were shaking in their boots because they didn't want anything to happen in their midst. Man, we don't want to relate to any of those. Are you with me? We want to be like who? Those wise men who were seeking to worship him operating in the light we have. Even if it's just a little light, we need, to, we need to receive that little light and obey it because God's going to bring more light to us when we do. Amen. Verse number, let's see, let's see. Look in verse number 77. Let your tender mercies come to me that I may live. I need his mercies to live. This is 119.77. For your law is my delight. Verse 78. Let the proud be ashamed, for they treated me wrongfully with falsehood, but I will meditate on your precepts. Verse 79. This is what I want to draw out. Let those who fear you turn to me. The, The wise men were operating in a a distinct line of faith and therefore they gave place to God in fear of the Lord and was seeking the Lord. When it came to Herod, Herod didn't have anything to say. He didn't even know what was going on. 
Let those who fear you turn to me, those who know your testimonies. Let my heart be blameless regarding your statutes that when they turn to me is the idea, I may not be what? Ashamed. Herod, not only did he have no shame in this, but then Herod went forth to try to stop this work of what God was doing. I don't want to be in that position. When people are seeking the Lord and answers for the Lord, I don't want to be the one to stifle them. Are you with me? Amen. I want to be able to point people to him. I want to be able to say, man, this is what God said. And when I know what God said, the light that he said a thing, I then want to what? Act in faith upon that. I don't want to be like those scribes and those priests who knew what God said, but didn't act on it in faith and wasn't even willing to go. Because Bethlehem was only five miles from Jerusalem. Five miles. Five miles. A little bit past Deborah and Jeannie and them from here. They wasn't willing to walk. Now knowing that a ruler was going to rise and reign over his people to be savior of his people and they had no de desire to go down there and go finding them themselves and bow the knee to him and worship him. And the people were shaken by the news because they wasn't wanting anything to change in their life. Man, that can't be us, amen? Amen. We want to be the seekers acting on the light we have. Just respond to the light you got. And I want to tell you, when you do, God's going to give you more light. Now, we got to be cautious because God tells us to go forth like in Luke. What did Luke 24 say? That repentance and remission of sins must be preached in Jesus' name. If I'm not going to tell the story of Jesus because of the light that I've got, with the people around me, if that's not my purpose and aim in life, I'm acting no different than those scribes or those priests. I got light, but I'm not acting on that light. See, they had light that there was going to be a, be a, a, a babe born who was going to rule the people, but they didn't, they didn't seek that light. They had it, but didn't act on it. We don't want to do that. If God tells us we need to go see our neighbor, what do we need to do? If God tells us we need to do this, what do we need to do? God tells us we need to gather, we need to what? I mean, we, we can't just have light and not act on the light. Because as soon as we do that, that which we do have, what does God do? He takes it away. See, the light that they had was not actually light to them. It was darkness or death to them. But that light was transferred to those wise men and that light just kept leading them to Jesus. We want to live in his light and let deposits of these seeds of light just keep leading us closer to him to help other people come and bow the knee to him as well. Amen? Amen. So, I'm going to give you a couple things. You can write these down before we go. Light that's revealed is revealed to be received. Light that is revealed that's what we see, and God keeps bringing up with Joseph, with Mary, with Herod. Remember when Joseph was warned by God to what? Go into Egypt? And he says, go into Egypt until I send word. So Joseph had to act in obedience to that. I'm sure there was times where Mary said, do you think we can go back now? 
I'm sure Joseph probably said to Mary at different times, you think we could probably go back? And he said, no, God told us what? Until. Until. Go until. You know how many times God's told his people to go places until certain things? And we just want to be obedient. Nick, you work here until. Miss Pat, you do this until. You see, God gave him light. Joseph received the light. Then he acted on the light. And then when there was time to come back, what did God do? God sent him more light. It was time to come back. You could always count on God to send you the light you need when you operating in the light that he's given you. You can count on that. So light that is revealed is revealed to be received. And we receive it in faith. So light that is received is received to be revered. He revered the light that God gave him. When you receive it, you receive it to revere it. Herod got light, but he didn't revere it. The evidence that he didn't what? Receive it. The priests and the scribes had light, but they didn't receive it, and therefore they didn't revere it, and they just let things go as normal. So light is received to be revered. Third thing, light that is revered is revered to be reused again and again, to reuse it. I mean, you use what God puts in you. That's why David would say in Psalm 119, I don't want to be ashamed. Why? Because I reuse this light. That God, when God plants a seed in us, that seed is going to produce a harvest in us. And that seed is always going to be light and you reuse that light. You know how many times Joseph had to remind himself to stay in Egypt, to stay here until he had to reuse that word that God spoke to him. Because we don't see God coming to him, Tammy, again and speaking to him, whether by angel or anybody else, until it was what? Time to go back. How long were they there? Do we know? Well, Herod died. Until Herod died. So however long that took, we could go back and look at a time frame and get an idea about how long that was. But we don't see God coming and reminding him again and again that he need to stay here. That was up to Joseph and Mary to reuse what God planted in them. We've got to remind ourselves of this. So light that is revered to be reused. Light that is reused is reused to be repeated. To be repeated. We repeat it. Again and again. We repeat it. We, we work on it. We act on it. We repeat it. Light that is repeated is repeated to be remembered. We remember. God says He caused His wonderful works to be remembered. And we repeat them to remember them. We repeat them to reuse them. We repeat, re, re, reuse them to revere them because we receive them as light into our life. So light that is remembered is remembered to be what? Released. We release that light. What did the shepherds, when they received light, that there was a child that was to be born, and this is the sign you will see, he'll be what? Swaddled and you'll find him in a manger. And they acted on that light. They found that light. They sang about that light. They what? Released that light in the world. When the angels received it, they released it. What we see here, Matthew, as we read through Matthew, Matthew what? Light was revealed to him. 
He received it. And then he kept what? Releasing it. And that's why we have a, a revelation of God's word. Because they released that light. And light that is released is released to be revealed. And what do we do when we get revelation? We, we receive it. So Kate, you are to release the light. So that light that God's given you is what? Revealed to somebody else. And when that light is revealed to somebody else... It's out of our control whether they receive it or not. But because we received it, we're going to release it. And when we release it, we release it so that the world we live around can have light revealed to them. That's what Matthew's doing. That's what Luke did. Luke said, I, I believe I got a perfect understanding of what took place. I received this light and I want to release it. So that it'd be what? Revelation to us today. Isn't that what Joseph's doing? When Joseph received this, he had to tell Mary, right? God said in a dream last night that we need to get out of here and we need to go to Egypt. And that light that he spoke into Mary, Mary what? Received it because he released it in her. And she followed him and took that babe. And when God said it was time to go back, what did she do? He released it into her. It was revelation. She received it. And they made their journey back. And you know, that's what we look for in scriptures. Number one, when you're reading the word, you look for the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're always looking for Jesus. Then you're looking for patterns in scripture. You're looking for patterns that are built upon principles. And what you're going to find in the next couple of days, start looking for that pattern of how God revealed light and that little bit of light they had. Because Joseph didn't have all the light. He just had what God gave him. That is, go to Egypt. Come home from Egypt. He received it. He acted on it in faith. And then he releases that to be revelation in somebody else's life that is coming from the Lord. No different than we see when the scripture says what? God spoke. The Lord spoke by the Lord. The word was spoken through the prophet. And what God does is speak life and seed and light into us and we just we release it to those that are around us. And then they either going to receive it or reject it. They're either going to be like Herod. They're either going to be like the people in the city. They're either going to be like the scribes and the Pharisees or they're going to be like the wise men who are going to take the light that they have and receive it and act on it as well. You know what God's going to do? He's going to keep leading you and them to more light for His glory. You can't help but see this pattern all the way through of, of the fact that when you're looking through Matthew, you're going to see these things in the coming days. God spoke light. They received it. They reused it. They repeated it. They remembered it. They released it. And today we get to celebrate it as revelation. Amen. That we can receive. So that we can go do what God's called us to do. We don't have to be worried about change. Look, Jesus changes things in our life. He changes things in our homes. He changes things in our situations. Life is full of what? Change, change, change. But one thing we want to see constant and faithful is receiving light from the Lord. That we can trust and walk in. 
that we can release and give away to other people. Though that we are not ever ashamed that we don't have something to help somebody with when God speaks light into us. I don't want to have to take somebody that says, hey, Brother Nick, can you tell me about Jesus? And I'm going to say, well, I'm going to bring you... I'm going to bring you to Janet, and she's going to have to tell you what the Word says. Man, I'm, a, I'm His people, amen? amen? He's my shepherd. And my shepherd came to rule over His people, to plant light in His people, and to release His people out to do the work that He sent them forth to do. Last Sunday night, we talked about a narrow gate, didn't we? There's a narrow person. God only has one solution for man. And when you come into that narrow person, that narrow gate, that narrow door, that narrow gate leads to a narrow path. And that narrow path leads us on a narrow purpose in the kingdom of God to make the Father known through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And you see, that's what? Operating upon the light that we've been given little by little, day by day, and God just keeps giving us more light. How many of y'all need... How many of y'all got enough light to be dangerous for the glory of God? Think about it. Did those scribes and Pharisees have light? Oh man, they were schooled in the scriptures. Sought out with experts of knowing what the word said. The problem is they didn't have a relationship with the person. So it was dead to them. And what was dead to them just put burdens on everybody else. But everybody that come to know the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, man, this book came alive to them. And this book led them down a path. And that path led them to a purpose. And that purpose was to make God known in this earth that they lived in. And what he come to do through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're going to see as you keep reading. That's what we're going to see in Acts. They acted on the little light they had. And boy, God turned the world upside down with these men and women who simply took him at his word. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you. We bless you. I pray that you help us uh, with these things as well, that we can go forth in your name, releasing the revelation you put in us so that we too would be known as those who are uh, sought you and seeking you and walking in that light you have given that we can be a blessing to people that we can love on people that we can see beyond what they're doing and know what you desire to do in them and lord we're going to praise you and give you glory for it so all this that we've celebrated and the reasons why we celebrate the coming of the lord we want to walk in that light and give you the glory for it in jesus name amen